So today I had the unique opportunity to speak with Nathan Ice, better known by his nickname Rising Phoenix, from uh, some of these Street Beefs videos I've been watching. And uh, he's a really interesting dude, very tough guy. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, everything ranging from his martial arts background to his theories of how it may all connect with quantum physics and just uh, a few cool little stories from his life and how he came to be the person he is today. We even got a little bit philosophical about it. It was a really, uh, really cool conversation. So without further ado, here's my chat with Rising Phoenix. All right, so uh, with Rising Phoenix of Street Beef's fame. So, and uh, yeah, I just uh, invited you to come on the show because I was kind of curious about a um, little more about your background and stuff. Like, where um, where'd you get your start in the martial arts? You'd said uh, you had a kung fu background and you were trying to adapt it using quantum physics quantum mechanics to make it more effective in a real scenario so uh, yeah tell us more about that well um it started uh about nine years ago um in norman oklahoma i uh was with um someone by the name of derek uh called himself sifu baihu which is a uh, white tiger is his favorite animal um and he started the school known as uh, Wushong Fangshi School of Kung Fu, which is Way of the Five Elements. Okay. So what he did was he took all of the classical animal styles of Kung Fu and mixed them up and added a few different things in there, like Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, and broke it up into such a way that it made, it made it so that we could learn these things without having to learn a secondary or tertiary language. And so the first style being earth, and then water, and then fire, and then air, and then the last is void, much like uh, the five rings. Oh, yeah, I've read that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so all of the, all of the philosophies uh, involved with the, the different ideas were there. And so if you think about, for example, um, your, your waistline would be the valley, right? And then you have your shoulder line would be the horizon. And then anything above the horizon would be the heavens, right? So if I yeah. have my arm, if I have my arm up here like this, shoulder extended for an outward block, this is outside tree because it looks like a tree coming out of the horizon, but it's also on the outside of my body. And then inside okay. tree because it's a block on the inside, and so it becomes this whole visual thing, really easy to to learn. And so that's how I started. I was with him for. Um, uh, probably about five years or so, and during that time, I was also uh, going to OCCC to uh, get my film and video production degree. Oh, nice! Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's very interesting. So, how did you um, how did you originally get involved with Street Beefs? Did you find out about it like just by via YouTube, or were you sort of like in the area and you'd like heard about it from before and? Um, I actually found out about it because of a coworker of mine. Um, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador down on the corner, uh, so private security. Nice. And, yeah. 
And uh, one of my one of my coworkers is like, "Hey man, you ever heard of street beefs?" And I'm like, "Street beefs? What the fuck is that?" You know? <laughs> and uh, and he's like, "Dude, it's this it's this amateur fight ring or whatever. Like one of my buddies, he does it or whatever. So you should check it out." I was like, "All right, cool. I'll I'll look it up." So I looked at it up on on YouTube, and I was surprised at the time they had 500,000 subscribers, and I was like, "Damn." That's uh, this is a huge thing, and of course I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was a few chums, like you know, just scrapping it in the backyard somewhere. And right. uh, then, then I learned that it was a whole, you know, movement and an and an attempt to to add a way to to end gun violence. And I'm like, yo, that's something I want to do. That place is perfect for me to kind of go in and get some, you know, get some fight experience and really kind of start working on these things that I've been thinking about for a couple of years now. Right, it's like the ultimate proving ground or testing space, I guess, the for your experiments. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I looked at it as. Is like this is the perfect place for me to experiment and figure some things out before it become, you know, before I even try to go towards, you know, pro or anything like that. Right, especially because um, I think you said in your video that one of the things about training kung fu, like with the guy that you'd been with for a while, and even yeah, like at newer places like they don't really get into the sparring as much it's more about the like the technical forms and such and you don't get as much uh experience but when you do even it's like uh you know you're training with other guys that also did kung fu like you don't get a look at other styles like just you know like maybe how you would combat with a street brawler or something or a boxer you know the rest stuff like that or even a grappler for that matter you know, it's it's one of like it's one of those things I learned I learned that uh, in elementary school. Um, you know, whenever you know you're scrapping with bullies on the playground, and then and then suddenly one of them decides that they're gonna you know tackle you to the ground, and they just weigh more than you, and they just hold you down. You're like, how do I deal with this? You know, so like you know you grow up and you get striking versus grappling, and you have no no uh, basis for what grappling is. Like it's gonna wreck your shit. Exactly. Yeah, I found that out kind of the hard way like I had a buddy that uh, like me and him like we went to like our local boxing gym and we decided that we were going to try out MMA and um you know we were both just sort of like messing around neither of us were really professionals or anything but right you know like I had a karate background from the time I was in like third grade so I could like punch and kick pretty good and move around but I had a like no real wrestling experience so like, like I think like we had our first sparring session like you know we were just messing around and stuff i think i I landed a couple of decent punches on the feet and he ended up taking me down that that was mo and i went oh shit i have no idea what to do here (laughs) this is a whole new world uh what do i do here right and he got me i think he got me in like a triangle choke and i managed to like not get choked out until like the end of the round that we had timed out just because like I remembered like something Joe Rogan had said in a UFC fight one time about answering the phone like doing this and like sort of and you know in my karate classes we had a little bit of um like choking experiences like if someone like has you in a a headlock you're supposed to like turn into it so that they can't crush your windpipe or whatever but it was like all the knowledge I had so I was just like I need to do something about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any uh, like jujitsu experience? Like, do you have any uh, 
places around there that you could maybe like drop in at an open mat or something like that? Yeah, there's actually a uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu uh, gym here in Charlottesville. Um, the problem is, though, is that I would have to like hoof it on on foot or find a bus that goes anywhere near there or something like that because I don't I don't have a vehicle. And it's also they have their open mat from one to three, and usually I leave my house at three thirty to get to work on time. So so there's a there's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a time constraint involved with that. Um, I could probably go for an hour if I could just find a way there and back. Um, you know, so it's something something that I'm I'm mulling over and trying to to figure out how to how to make that work. Word, I um, yeah, I'd highly rec- recommend it. Like uh, trying to like make time to get in there, or you know, most places they'll do like uh, like a free class for your first time if you're just visiting. But mm-hmm. that yeah. gets kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know what it's like out there, but usually it's at least like a hundred bucks a month just for jujitsu training. But um, because I remember another thing that you had mentioned in your video was how uh, you you were trying to get away from or it was considered like dishonorable to strike at all in traditional kung fu. Like that, yeah. was, you know, isn't that this is an idea that was like thousands of years old and. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like, you know, there's when you're practicing it, there's literally no striking involved. And it's mostly like about um, locking up your opponent in a compromising position and neutralizing their offense so that you don't, uh, you know, you don't need to hurt each other. It's more of a more gentle, flowy sort of art. So that's, uh, yeah, that like that's like one of the things that like really drew me to it. Because like I said, like when, after I almost got, choked out or whatever i started doing my own research um you know watched a few videos online dropped in an open mat i was fortunate to have like a few different places around town so i could like do my free trial class at like three or four different places before i had to (laughs) and and then you know basically try it out again on my friends later yeah yeah and then um i think i ended up like training again with that same friend i was like hey i was thinking wondering if we could just do like a little bit of like grappling training now just because i didn't you know the you know jujitsu training like they usually when you're sparring they usually start on the knees so that you know people aren't you know going for a takedown and like running across the gym tripping over each other stuff like that <laughs> yeah. so it's all ground fighting and it's really uh really interesting it's like a puzzle of uh it's like a puzzle of death <laughs> <laughs> puzzle of it's the combat puzzle yeah um, yeah that was actually something that i was really interested in because it's like i know that grappling is is something that um is is really effective and it was something that actually is kind of going against my my sifu's training um because he he didn't like uh brazilian jiu-jitsu uh for one reason one reason only because when you go to the ground you can't fight multiple opponents it's just it's just the one um and so whenever he taught us grappling like the japanese jiu-jitsu i was talking about it was all standing so one of the first things that i learned was how to do a standing camera um which is a bit it's a bit hard to pull off but it's effective if you can if you can get it um and so i went to i went to the open mat at the gracie jiu-jitsu gym here and i was like hey I want to find where my limit is as far as striking because I've got good grappling defense. It was it was beaten to me for years. Don't go to the ground. Do as best as you can to not take him to the ground. And hadn't been taken to the ground yet. That wasn't something that happened. 
And so I went there. It's like, hey, this is what's going on. Can you show me, like, where where my weakness is here? And I, I specifically went there to find my weakness so that I could I could get better at it. And it took it took the dude. Um, it took him. It took him a solid sixty seconds to to get me to the ground, but eventually he got through. Um, yeah, and it, it was one of those things. It was like I told him, I was like, dude, it was really hard to like suppress punching you in the face. He was like, yeah, man, it's it's really hard here too. And I was like, okay, cool. So there's this nice like mutual respect that was going on. And it's just like you know, it's it's hard to to stick with just the grappling when you've got the other side that's uh, that's available. Right. But like the the thing about it is that it it forces you to actually have to, you know, use those techniques and like you'll learn a new whole system and everything. But um, I've had that same experience too, where like especially like if somebody has a really good guard and they're like their legs are just like wrapped around you, it's like a freaking like python or something. Like you're just yeah. like feel constricted and like you can't get through or you know pass to side control or mount or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I bet if I just like smack him in the face just a little bit he might loosen his grip for a second or you know at least not be able to you know, be trying to submit me right now or something but um yeah that's eventually like w w which is like the situation that i would end up being in because you get uh if, if you're up in a cage fight um one thing uh there's this documentary that I'd like highly recommend to like anybody that's interested in mixed martial arts. Have you ever seen, um, uh, it's called choke, uh, Hicks and Gracie documentary. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube, but it's back from like, it's from like the early nineties. I think it was made in like 1995 or something like that. And that was five years old. That's an old documentary, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it's about Hicks and Gracie. Who was the, older brother of Hoist Gracie, who's the one that started when like UFC one and stuff like that. Yeah. But um it shows him doing one of the the Valley Tudo tournaments in Japan, which was like it was like an eight man tournament and they had like each person had to fight three times in one night. And uh one of the coolest things and like this it was rumored like you know, he was the big brother that like the reason that he didn't do the original UFC is because they wanted to show that, uh, um, you know, a smaller, less physically imposing guy could take on larger opponents. But Hickson Gracie was like, it was kind of understood that Hickson was like, like the like, more badass, like the most badass of them all. So it was really cool seeing him in action. And uh, one of the coolest things is that the fight of the night, like they're, you know, get you know, warmed up, like iced down after a little fight. He goes, you know what? I don't think really quick. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Of course you got to hit him. He's trying to, the son of a bitch is trying to take you out. He's like, nah, I'm not going to hit him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so like for, then, for some reason, like that, that like resonated with me as being like so much more badass, you know, being like, I'm going to knock this dude's head off. I'm going to take him out, Gary. Like it's like, Nah, I don't think I'm. You know, like, what? <laughs> like that's something you never hear. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I feel like that's like way cooler. Um, so tell me a little bit more about like I watched the whole video of how you were uh, playing to like incorporate quantum mechanics to improve your kung fu, mm -hmm. and 
No, that, uh, um, I mean, I, I think I kind of explain it or understand the way you explained it. Like, is the way, um, circular, like looping are all often the most powerful, like, you know, round, roundhouse kicks or like the head, like your most sensitive areas are on the side and stuff. But, um, I don't know, you think you said it had something to do with like the movement of the electrons around the nucleus, like with, I'm not, I'm, I don't have my, what, my like PhD in quantics or anything. So like, this is all sort of new to me. Like I have like a loose understanding. I think I listened to a guy trying to explain it, the Joe Rogan experience. I kind of got it, but. Yeah, I watched that, I watched that, uh, that same, um, that same, uh, uh, video on the the joe rogan experience and then and then he had that i think my favorite point of that video was when he was like this is the most important object in the universe and he shows this like you know moving like toroidal thing and joe rogan's like what am i looking at um that's those are the the same kind of motions here so we're talking about uh, a torus or a, a toroidal movement um which is essentially it's a vortex, right? So if you if you go onto YouTube, right, and you look up um, a pharaoh cell, um, you'll see a video of a guy who who you know takes this device, right, and uh, puts a magnet either on top or beneath it, and you can see it's um, you can see its electromagnetic field. It's the first time that, that we've actually been able to see it directly without just needing mathematics or to, to represent it or whatever. Um, and that, that particular shape um, is, is something that shows up a lot in our universe. Any electromagnetic field that shows up is going to take on that shape. So we're talking magnets will take on that shape. The electromagnetic field around the Earth has the same shape. Um, and even like I said in the video, our auras, which not like a super mystical thing, it's we emit an electromagnetic field. It takes on this toroidal shape. Um, and so it's one of those things that that really gets me wondering, you know, because it's like, uh, again, we, we live in this fractal universe where patterns just consistently repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And the fact that I can just pick up an object and show you this toroidal movement with just my hands, yeah. um, you know, it, I think that's fascinating. And it really makes me wonder how deep that mimicry goes. How deep does that pattern follow? And since we can show it with just our bodies, and you see it a lot in Kung Fu, especially in drunken style Kung Fu, um, can it... Can that movement be something that is that is practical for combat? You know, it's um, it's something that really it, it keeps me up at night sometimes. And when I just when I just think about the possibilities, but it's also something you can't just like do. It's all like like anything in fighting, you have to practice and you have to test it. Um, right. But the but the principles are there. You know, if you come at someone with with perpendicular force, um, they're they're going to get knocked off balance unless they've unless they've got a, a, a really strong defensive position. But even then, if you take someone in a proper fighting stance and you square up, right, you push on their chest, right, they're they're going to be able to resist. You push on their back, they're going to be able to resist. But if you push them on the side, you can do it with one finger, you know, they will start teetering over. 
you know, because we're, you know, it's, it's, it's this weird, it's this weird thing that I've discovered. Um, even, I even had, got the chance to spar with a 220-pound Marine. He's a big dude, like 6'2", six, 6'3", six six and, I, and I did get this on video, uh, so I'm going <laughs> to upload that um, uh, at some point in one of my future videos. Nice. Um, but he comes in and he tries to take me down, and I just take, I just take my palm and I put it on the side of his face. And with, with one hand on his face and the other hand, like, you know, pushing on one of his other arms, I'm able to keep him from taking me down to the ground. And then, yeah, and I thought, I thought it was really cool too. And then, and then he, and then he, he's coming in this way. And so he's trying to put all his force in this way. And so he's like, oh, that's not going to work. So he tries to switch and I just turn this way and put my force perpendicular to him, pushed it on the other side of his face and kept him from being able to take me down. Huh. That is. Um, yeah, there is like definitely a lot of. Uh, yeah, like physics is like an important part of like the, like creating the most efficient art and everything. Uh, and like you, like you said, like all of these movements are very prevalent, even in like traditional kung fu styles and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so it's not always like you don't get the sparring experience like, like some of these questions like when applied properly are uh actually highly useful which yeah. is uh, and um i don't know so like i don't know if you have like any sort of like 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 spiritual practice or like thoughts about like you know what the meaning of life to the universe is but there's um i read the i read the file uh it's called actually called mastering it included a um like a brief history of like like all the history of the martial arts all through um, um the history of the eastern martial arts and they actually originated somewhere in in india when uh and there is this guy his name was bodhidharma and it, when he brought in uh, like Zen Buddhism to China, like Buddhism was a thing in China, but like the Zen tradition, I guess, and like like the like the meditations, like the introspective um, practice, much of a thing. Like he would host these uh, these meditations, and one thing that he noticed was like as the people were trying to follow along, they a lot of them ended up falling asleep. So he changed. The, uh, apparently, that he had this like set of moves or like uh like kata or something or forms i guess whatever you call them and it, it turned into like and apparently like the according to this book which i don't know how, how super legit it was because uh, he was and he had attained like some level of enlightenment at some point and like these moves are just revealed to him from the universe or like these ancient kung fu moves or whatever like may have been like directly from some guy who had contact with like a higher existence and like these moves were like revealed to him and like maybe he didn't you know understand the quantum mechanics of it or whatever but like it would mm -hmm. like that that's just like went through the back of my mind like that's why it would make sense that like these patterns are similar to those of uh like these toroidal objects that you talk about 
Yeah, I agree. Um, so Bodhidharma, uh, when I did my research on him, uh, learned that he spent nine years meditating in a cave because he, you know, saw those those monks falling asleep. So he spent almost a full decade meditating in a cave, looking at nature, and then came up with the traditional styles of, of Shaolin Kung Fu, and that's how Shaolin Kung Fu was born. And then, you know, mm -hmm. he gave it to them and they took it from them. So here's here's the interesting thing about that. I do believe that spirit exists. Um, but what really fascinated me was when I looked at that, that Ferrocell video, and I, and I saw that toroidal shape of the electromagnetic field of a magnet. Mm -hmm. I looked at it, and I saw sacred geometry. And so I thought to myself, how in the world do we get this sacred geometrical pattern, which is like also thousands of years old, right? And you see it show up a lot, especially in, in you know, the mandala, you know, in, in Hindu beliefs and, you know, things like that. And and then suddenly it's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna look at, at the electromagnetic field of mag for the first time ever. Ooh, and it's like, that's sacred geometry. Why? H how how does that correlate? You know, um, yeah. I, I entertained the thought one day that you know, whenever you enter into deep meditation, we start getting into um, start getting into the inner workings of your body, right? And if we're also emitting our own electromagnetic field. Wouldn't it make sense if we could go into deep meditation and then suddenly visually see what it is that our body is producing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's like that's really interesting. I feel like um, like you know whether or not like you necessarily have like a a spiritual belief. I think that uh, a lot of it is it's like one and the same. Like when you like actually like start like pause and like take a moment to just like you know ask yourself you know like 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 what am i you know like we all i was like one of the things that i liked about when i started uh studying buddhism or whatever like it's not really so much about um like a what like a deity that you worship or anything it's you know like understanding what we all are basically like like you know where we come from like it's not um like what our mind really is and like the like like the inner workings of it like how like not like our ego self of like you know who we think we are or project into the world but rather like like the observer that's like comes through all of us and you know potentially uh like you know like turning all the time to itself that's um yeah <laughs> yeah uh alan watts um made a, a distinction at one point have you have you ever listened to alan watts before oh yeah 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 i really i really enjoy listening to alan watts chill step that's that's some really really cool stuff um but he said he said you did were not born into this world or this universe you came out of it and right. it seems like such a simple thing to say and at first I was like oh like you know you're just trying to sound cool but then immediately in the next in the next moment I was just like I started thinking about it and it's like no wait that makes infinitely more sense because we we aren't above nature we didn't create nature we are a part of nature we came out of nature you know we're we you know you know I, I wrote in a poem one time that we're just a lotus flowing on or floating on the cosmic river of the universe you know we're just 
spinning around going going through this whole thing you know we we're, we're clinging to this to this like wet rock that's spinning and that wet rock is spinning around this giant ball of fire and that giant ball of fire is spinning around a giant black hole in the center of our galaxy and our galaxy is hurtling towards another galaxy and there's just there's all these different things so you know again whenever i say that the the torus shows up like everywhere that vortex we it's not we're not just here orbiting the sun in this little like circle like this we're moving in a vortex like this like a corkscrew we're yeah. flying through space and it's and it's just like the i don't know just it seems it seems so absurd and fascinating all at the same time um but but when he made that distinction it was a lot more sense it's like you know we we you know we didn't come into this world we were we were born out of it and that that was that, that really got me thinking there for a while it's like man that's a that's a huge profound epiphany to to just suddenly have yeah like when you meditate on stuff like like we're um i think like another quote i think this one might be carl jung or something i could be totally wrong but they said uh people don't have ideas ideas have people like so like the like we come from the cosmic consciousness to live out like some sort of idea and like embody these different concepts all throughout time and we'll um you know like, there, like i feel like there's a reason that you know like different people like based on like whether it's just their circumstances or whatever like we all have like a certain thing that we're into like you know you were uh, i'm sure you were naturally drawn to the martial arts like for some reason you know like that was like extra fascinating to you and like you want to learn more about that and it's led you down this path of um you know trying to find like a deeper understanding of everything and so that you can you know, explain it to other people, which I think is super cool. <laughs> Thanks. But, yeah. Um, go ahead. That was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it started. Uh, it started when I was young. Like I wanted to get into martial arts when I was when I was really young. But even but even back then, it was like ninety five bucks a month or more, and it's like it's still kind of the same price, and that's still a lot of money. Um, and so I, I I didn't actually really get much opportunity to get into martial arts until I was an adult and I met uh, Sifu Baihu. And, um, but outside of that, it was mostly just uh, me and, and bullies in the playground. Um, and that started after I had an interesting experience uh, with, uh, with my sister. So we're playing in the backyard, right? Uh, just, you know, kicking a soccer ball around. And uh, at one point, I kick the ball, and it goes at the top of the fence, and it breaks breaks the top little plank off because um, it, you know, it was just an old fence, and I happened to kick it really hard, and it goes over into the neighbor's yard, and they have uh, they have five dogs over there, um, German Shepherd, Blue Heeler, and uh, you know, three little Jack Russell Terriers, and um, so she decides that she's hmm? Sandlot. <laughs> Say what? Uh, it was, you've seen the Sandlot. The sand, yeah, like yeah. that, and so you got to get it back from the dogs. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, and so she's like, okay, well, we gotta, we gotta go back over there, because um, we we would kick balls over there um, accidentally a lot, and so uh, our mom was getting really, really tired of our shit. <laughs> um, and so, so she climbs over there, 
And I guess the doctor just in a particularly bad mood that day. And um, um, they started growling at her. And so she picked up a stick in order to defend herself. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they started attacking her. And uh, the moment that uh, I heard uh, some of her clothes rip, um, I, I don't know, it, uh, something in me switched. And somehow, I was, I was anywhere from 7 to, to 10 years old. It's kind of hard to remember the exact age. Um, but I, I scaled this 10-foot fence and uh, hopped over and just started defending her as best I could. I grabbed, I went down and I grabbed the German Shepherd because it was going around her neck. And I pulled him back with the collar and just, you know, punched him like I saw in Dragon Ball Z, right? Like I, I, I grew up on that anime uh, between that and uh, Jackie Chan Adventures. Um, there was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> say what Jackie Chan adventures like I just remember that when I was like man nobody talks about that one anymore but it's like super dude, yeah dude, Jackie Chan adventures was a shit man uh, there was an episode um, where he fought these these like demon dog things um, and and I saw him like I, I just you know I'm a visual kinesthetic winner right you know monkey see monkey do sort of thing uh, and then adapt to what feels what feels good and what feels right and so I just I just did what I saw him do he he picked one up and just went and, you know, punched it, you know, right up under the jaw. So I did that. When I picked it up, I didn't know what it was at the time, but it started doing the death shake, you know, where they start shaking her back and forth, right? If I, had, if I hadn't had jumped from the fence and grabbed him, um, he would have ripped her throat out. Like, we're talking like milliseconds of difference here. And so I grab, I grab him and I do it and I go, yeah, and punch it right under the jaw. And it goes, and like, you know falls over and then and then i start like you know just fighting all these dogs off and you know the element of surprise was on my side because they weren't expecting you know something to come from the sky and start beating on them right Uh, but i was able to i was able to to fend them off and pick her up and and take her over to the shorter fence um at the the opening of of our neighbor's backyard and um and uh, I, I went to go push her over, and I could, I could just, you know, that 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 sense of danger, like when your back is turned, you're like, go, because they're gonna, they're gonna get me. Just go. And she's like, wait. She picks up the soccer ball and she just ah, throws it over. I'm like, what are you doing? Just go. <laughs> I push her over. That's the reason we came. <laughs> yeah. So she throws it back into the into the yard, um, and then I push her over the fence, and I turn around, and then there's there's all of all five of them just like there, like kind of starting to walk towards you know they're they're their ears back and they're and they're starting to growl and then um a, a, you know a mistake that i that i made then i didn't realize was that is that you don't you don't look an angry animal in the eyes because it's a direct challenge um but i locked i locked eyes with the german shepherd and then i decided that uh uh they're growling at me well i'm gonna i'm gonna growl back and so i so i took a step forward and did the whole the goku thing and i started and i start shouting at it yeah. um yeah, and and then they're all like, nope, nope, we don't want we don't want any of that. And so that so they kind of like ran off. And then at that point, it's when I turned around and I jumped back over the fence, um, and then and then went around the driveway and into the front door. And of course, at that point, my sister, you know, she was bleeding like they they did some damage on her. Um, but uh, so at first, <laughs> at first, uh, our mom was angry because again, you know, her daughter's coming in and she's bloody and she's like, "What did you do?" I'm like, "It wasn't me." It was the neighbor's dogs in the province. She's like, you guys um, playing soccer wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, dude, it shouldn't have worked. 
it shouldn't have it should not have worked i had no fight experience i had no martial arts training it was just it was pure instinct the only thing i had was what i saw in in dragon ball z and jackie chan adventures and that was it um and so it was uh you know ever since uh, you know then shortly thereafter you know um their bullies started you know beating up my sisters on the playground and i was like man fuck that shit and so anytime i would see them try to beat up my sisters on the playground i would go kick their ass and then that just kind of um went on from there and it went from it went from just defending my sisters to defending my friends to defending anyone who was being unfairly bullied you know if anybody and sometimes that meant that i fought my friends um because they because they would start being mean to somebody i'm like hey don't be mean why well i'm gonna punch you in the gut if you if you do it's not okay i mean you know that turned me into sort into a bully of sorts um but you know that was that was all of my fighting experience until i you know became an adult and started sparring with people and actually being able to get into martial arts proper that's really so you like you your whole life like from childhood you like sort of took on the role of being like sort of the defender of those weaker than you or whatever so that's that's awesome man i like i like that uh that's a really cool story um so uh what's the if you wanted to talk about like like maybe uh, some of your previous fights like the last the most recent ones you had two fights in one day yeah the black lightning and and that uh that crazy dutchman that you encountered like how was that <laughs> Caillou is his name. what what was it caillou caillou mm-hmm. <laughs> i just thought of like that little that pbs show with the little bald kid that's whiny all the time <laughs> not to be confused <laughs> i I'm, i don't think i've seen that um i'm, I'm not sure what that is <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think it's like spelled the same or whatever. But anyway, that's um, yeah. So, what, which one actually came first in the day? Because they all got uploaded like throughout the next couple of days. Like, so what? What order did that happen in? I fought. I fought Caillou first, uh, and then I fought by uh, Black Lightning after him. Um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, hmm. oh, that's what I said. That's enough itself, just because. Um, yeah, you. Caillou, you you uh, you know, no offense, you, you you took a pretty, pretty rough beating in that one. But he he was like bigger than you, and like I think he, you, you know, the the Dutch have a really strong tradition of kickboxing, so like he's probably had like a ton more actual, like fight experience. So that was, yeah, that's crazy. Like after that, you decided like yeah, I think I got one more good one in me. Yeah, yeah. So um, so it was funny because uh. Um, my ride uh, kind of canceled on me like last minute that day, and so I had to I had to try to find a way to get there, and so I wound up borrowing a friend's car and driving. Um, and when I got there, I wound up being a little bit late, and uh, and so I was late to the weigh-ins, and I was I was late to all these other things, and eventually I caught face. I'm like, hey man, I haven't paired up with anybody yet, like you know, and, and I want to do MMA. He was like, he was like, cool. Will you do a kickboxing match with this guy? And he points to Caillou, and I'm like. Kickboxing, man. <laughs> uh, I came for MMA, and he's like, he's like, look, this dude flew all the way from the Netherlands, and nobody will fight him. And I was like, one, he flew overseas, and, right. and two, no one else will fight him. That's what, that, that's mm. what, like 
okay, if this guy came like all the way from the Netherlands, like flew in for like an amateur event, like you know he's like he came for a reason, like he was about to fuck some shit up. <laughs> Dude wanted to fight, and I'm like, you know, I feel that. I love fighting too. Like no one else will fight you. That piqued my interest. I was like, why? Why is no one fighting you? And. Uh, <laughs> And so I was like, I was like, all right, man, I've never kickboxed before in my life. Face, I've never kickboxed ever, but I'll fight this guy. As I, I, you know, like the dude flow, I can't, can't, you know, he spent so much money to come here. Like that's, that's not okay. Like if someone wants to fight, let's fucking fight, you know? And so, and then I found out after I agreed to this fight that his brother is one of the top pro kickboxers in the Netherlands. And that's who he's been training with for the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> right? And after, after I agree to this, I mean, not that it really would have swayed my decision much, because, like, you know, it, there's always something to learn. Whether you win or lose, there's always something to be gleaned from a fight. Right, and, right. And, so, and so I just, I was like, you know, every, every fight that I get in, it makes me stronger. Every guy I go up against or girl that I go up against is going to make me stronger. And... And so I listened to this guy, and he's like, yeah, three years, you know. And then he's like, so so what do you do? It's like, oh, I've been practicing Kung Fu off and on for about 10 years, a little bit of Krav Maga, a little bit of, of Buddha Tai Jitsu, you know, um, a sprinkling of, of Muay Thai because that's just going to happen when you get involved in MMA. He's like, oh, so, so you have some skill. I was like, some. I lost my first fight, and I'm a bit out of practice, but I do have some skill. Like, you know, it, it, it shows up. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, you're making me a little bit nervous. And I was just like... I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this in the bag. And then my brain was like, hey, what's the first rule of combat, Nate? Never underestimate your opponent. This is right. this bit of a mind game. You make him nervous. He's comfortable admitting that to you, which probably means he's a strong fighter. Like, like I mean, look at this guy. And so I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's not fall prey to that, uh, right. that, that naive uh, amateur mentality of like, oh, I've got this. It's like, no, 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 go in there with all you got. <laughs> And so, and the dude, he was like, all right, so, so you've probably felt this, right? Like whenever, whenever you strike someone full force and when they strike you full force, like there's that energy reverb where you can actually feel like the constitution of their body, right? Yeah. This dude was 100% solid, like nothing jiggled as far as, as far as I could feel in that moment, you know, cause like, right. like when, like when black lightning, you know, fought or, or fought me or whatever you fight anybody else, if there's any sort of jiggle in their body, you can kind of like feel it dude there there was hmm? there's like a little bit of give to him yeah yeah and and this dude none none whatsoever like and i could tell he was pulling everything from his core which you absolutely should be um but that was different uh from the other two people that i fought they weren't pulling from their core it was it was up here in the shoulders yeah arm play yeah and so i got the sense um when i was when i was fighting caillou that he could keep this up for like five minutes at a time. Like he he was barely getting started. Like by the end of our fight, he wasn't even sweating, dude. Like did not even not even a little bit. Um, dude. But uh, it, it it really just surprised me because I was I was like, okay, you know, I got this. You know, I got this thing going on. I'm I'm a lot better than the last time. I'm not as injured as I was the first time. Um, I wound up actually ripping my quad in that first fight with against Odin's son. Because I went into the ring with an injury, um, but uh, but this time it was like I was doing 
I was doing the best that I could. And at one point, I remember I, I threw a punch at his face. I'm like, okay, I got him. And he just goes, slip. And I was like, son of a bitch. Dude, like, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't even mad. I was just impressed. Right. You know? <laughs> like, dude. I'm, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. This is I was. Like, I was. And, uh, holy shit, what is happening? <laughs> right. And I was like, I was doing my best. And then at one point, he kicks me. And, and you can actually watch this in the video. Like, I catch his kick. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take him to the ground now. But then I was like, wait, I can't. There's no grappling in this. I was like, fuck. So I threw his leg away, and I get popped in the face twice for trying to remember the rules. Right. Um, yeah, and then and then I kept remembering like trying to trying to use elbows, and I'm like, wait, I can't use elbows either, you know. So so there was there was a lot of like, what can I do in this fight? Because like, his knees are only allowed to the body, but it feels like his belly button is at my face sometimes. So like, where you know where where am I gonna go with this? And then anytime I try to retaliate, he was just it was fast. He was fast, he was strong, and his, his training really showed. Um, but it really, you know, I was wondering about a week before, like, it was like, okay, with these guys in, in UFC and the bare knuckle, you know, brawling league and, and all of these other pro things, like, what level are they actually at? Like, what is something, like, that you can't, that you can't just see with the camera, right? What's something you can only get if you actually fight these guys? Like, what level are these people really at? And when I fought Caillou, I got a taste of, of what of what that pro level is like. And and it's something that I got a taste of that day that no one else did. Um, so it, it set it set new new uh, new goals in my mind of where my stamina should be, where my speed needs to be and and whatever. So like now now I know it's like okay, if I'm gonna go pro, I know at least the starting point of where physically I need to be. Um, yeah. So that was so that was a really good experience, and he's also like I, he's a he's a good guy, man. Like he he uh, he was he was like okay, so we're gonna we're gonna touch gloves before, right? Like it's good, it's gonna be like respect. I'm like yeah, dude, we're here to have fun, we're here to fight, we're here to get better. That's the whole point. He was like okay, cool. He had this huge grin, like because he was honestly worried about it, right? He was pretty honest. He's like we're actually gonna touch gloves and 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 do this, right? I was like yeah. He goes okay, yeah, and this huge smile goes across his face. That's awesome. Yeah, because like you know, sometimes people like they they either don't touch gloves or like they'll like go to touch gloves and then like go for a cheap shot right away or something like that. Yeah, it's their dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, something. Sometimes there's something to, um, you know, actually like just getting that experience with somebody that's like a couple levels above you, and you like you realize like you know you think you're doing pretty well, and then you got to realize. Like, oh, so, like, this is the next level. Like, now I, like, it gives you a sense of where you're at and, like, just, you know, the things you need to work on. Like, yeah. You know, when you're not winning, you're learning. So, like, that, like, I've had that a couple times, like, when I was just doing karate and then I started trying to do, uh, like, Golden Gloves boxing. And, like, I'd, I'd just been practicing on, like, the heavy bag in my basement for the longest time. And, uh, yeah, I could look, I, I could look really good. I could, I could tear up a heavy bag pretty good when I was, like, just training by myself. But then, like when I actually got into the ring with some of these guys and like try to punch face, it's like, oh wait, I'm not used to them moving. <laughs> so you're switching punches and like you start you like you realize like when you miss, it actually even makes you more tired than you know than actually like hitting the bag over and over again yeah. because you know you're just not used to it. So it's yeah, it, like there's a it, it's a good thing like to once in a while. Um, you know, just kind of like be able to check at so you actually like see the progress that you need to make 
to get to that next level. So yeah, that's like I'm glad you got that experience then. So me too. Yeah. So you, you did that and then took another fight again against Black Lightning later in the day. Yeah. And that that was that was interesting because in my fight with Caillou, right, he, he kicks me in the chest and I guess he expected me to drop. Um, and then he comes in for another kick with the same leg, but I didn't drop. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I'm tougher than what most people seem to really give me credit for uh, upon initial glance. Yeah. Um, but because I didn't drop, that meant that his aim was a little off. And so he just like pops me right on the cup. And you can you can mm-hmm. hear it in the video. Yeah, you can hear it in the video and that dropped me. Um, and it's like, you know, the, oh, it's so it was... Like I dropped to the ground and the the pain was really intense. Like at one point I thought I'm like, am I gonna am I gonna throw up? And and like I hate throwing up. I absolutely hate vomiting. Like it's it's no bueno. Especially um, like people like that. that would... Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's like am I gonna throw up? And I'm like no, no, I'm not. It's like it's like this pain is intense. And so I just kind of did like a, a quick like, you know. I don't know energy distribution thing. It's like okay, I, if I take this intensity and I focus that same intensity in my hand and slam the ring then then maybe that will help and so i did and and it helped you know i got instead of just holding all of that energy there and freaking out i got i got myself to move and to hit um it was a bit loud it moved the case a little bit scared a couple of people because uh, they weren't expecting a bit loud sound with the you know fence moving yeah um, yeah and then the ref was like phoenix if you don't get up i'm calling it if you can't continue i'm calling it and i was just like i don't want to go out on a fucking nut shot screw that Right, right. <laughs> and so, so I didn't feel like I could really move my legs, and so, so I was just kind of like, I had my fists on the ground, and I just like pushed off of my fists like a, like a push-up. And I had enough energy that all I had to do whenever I came up was just to kind of like find my balance, and then suddenly I was on my feet. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I didn't know I had that in me. Um, but a lot of people, like, they really, they really liked it. They started, they started uh, uh, cheering and clapping when I got up, and I was just like, all right. Cool, and I was like, okay, let's let's try this again. Um, and then I was a bit I was a bit more determined to uh, to get in there, and so then I, I took a, a straight kick to the to the to the chest, and then I took a straight kick to the face immediately following. Um, and then it was like when he came in for that kick uh, after that, it's like I when I when I blocked it, it it mattered only so much because there was so much force that even though I blocked and I had a strong stance. Mm-hmm. He, the momentum still carried me back, so it's kind of it's kind of it felt like it was kind of like an anime, right? Like when someone has that block and they just suddenly get flown like you know thousands of feet or whatever, right? Backwards. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty much what happened. Um, so I need to work on on better stance in the future. But that nut shot, it took a lot of energy out of me, like a lot. Oh and yeah. So, uh, and so then I was just like, okay, well that was good. I didn't get knocked out. So that's also good. Um, so then afterward, I'm like, Face, can I get in with an actual like MMA fight now? He was like, yes. Yes, you can. I was like, good. Uh, so then they, then they paired me up with uh, with Black Lightning. Um, and uh, he, seems, he seems like a pretty good guy. And uh, so we get in there, and we start going back and forth. And, um, and it was clear to me at that point when I was talking with my quarterman that, uh, again, my stamina just it needs, it needs more work. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of always been, been my, my, uh, my weakest point. Cause even, even when I first started, uh, sparring or whatever, like, uh, when I started doing martial arts, I was, I was 230 pounds around that time uh-huh. so, uh, of not muscle. 
And so I just really needed to, uh, you know, started working on that. And now I've, I've shredded that. I'm down to 166. And, um, and so I need to still work on, on more stamina. This is, this is what I, what I really learned out of this day. Yeah. Um, and so, and so getting in there, uh, and, and fighting with black lightning, everything was going pretty well. You know, I was getting him wasted. So I knew that I had more stamina in general than he did. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm getting him to waste his energy. And once it's clear that he just can't do as much anymore, then I'm gonna, then I feel safe to burn what little energy I've got left here. Um, mm-hmm. But then in the process of that, I got hit in the nuts again. Dude. Twice in the same fucking day. Twice in the same day. It's like, uh, my poor future children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it was, um, so that sucked. Um, yeah, that sucked, that sucked pretty hard. And and then and then I'm hanging on, on the fence, and then I'm like, and I'm leaning up against it. I'm like, ah. And the face is like, can you continue? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just tired of getting kicked in the fucking dick. I'm tired of this. And he was just like, yeah, well, you got time. I'm like, how much time? He's like, two minutes. I'm like, okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. And then, and so I go over to the corner, and I knew that if I sat down, if I sat down on the, on the stool or whatever that they offered, that uh, it was just going to make it worse. So instead of doing that, I just kind of like hung on, the, hung on the fence where the door was. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. And, he was, and, and the corner man, uh, Wolfman was his name. He was like, look, man, I know that, you, that you're, you're trying to rest and, and get that or whatever, but he's tired. And the longer you get the rest, the longer he gets to rest. And I look over at him and I'm like, yeah, and he's not having to recuperate from the second net shot of his day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like, it's like, that's fine. It's fine, you know. I'm gonna gonna do the thing, um, and then uh, you know, but but that still drains even more energy out of me. So it was uh, it was uh, it was interesting. So at that point, what really what really got to me um, after after he just kind of started eating at my ribs with his with his fists, I uh, my brain panicked because at that point I had I had been dealt so much pain that particular day, and I realized. Uh, after that moment that I hadn't really taught myself how to push through that much pain. And so, and so like he hits me in the ribs and and my brain's like, my my ribs are broken. I'm like, no, they're not. You're fine. And then he hits again. It's like, my ribs are going to break. I'm like, no, they're not. You're going to be fine. You know, just fight back. And then I get hit again and it's like, they're going to break. And then, and then at that point my body took over and it goes down. And then I feel that panic starting to happen in my brain. And I was just kind of like, all right, no, that's, that's it. That's it. And so I called it. Um, and that, that is, uh, that's kind of a hard thing to deal with, to be honest with you, um, is whenever, whenever you end the fight, as opposed to someone else having to end it, you know, it's like, cause it's almost, it's almost kind of like you're letting yourself down. Feel like, you know, you gave up or you quit or whatever. So it's like, yeah, but at the same time, you know, you, you want to live to fight another day. Like you want to stay safe without taking too much damage or whatever. So, right. I do the smart thing, even if it. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, and so I learned that I learned that particular day that um, you know it, it seems it seems every every fight that I get out of I'm like oh yeah that's what this drill was for that we were doing and it's like oh yeah that's what this drill was for and that's what this drill was for and so right. it's like there are all of these drills that I just haven't been doing for a while and it, to be honest with you it shows it shows that uh, that I'm pretty out of practice with all of this and so. Yeah. And so the the first fight, the litmus test was literally to just to just see, hey, how tough am I 
how tough is this other person? What is it honestly really like? What is it like getting in the octagon with somebody and, and trying to knock their block off or, or choke them out or whatever? Um, and during that fight, I learned, um, I, I learned the mental game for the first time, you know, because here, here's the thing. I struggle with PTSD, I struggle with ADHD, and I struggle with generalized, generalized anxiety disorder. So my brain is really, like, preconditioned to panic and anxiety. Uh, something that meditation is actually helping out with a lot. Um, so turning turning anxiety into excitement is kind of, you know, one of those things. It's like, you know, there's there's distress, you know, negative stress, but then there's also you stress, you know, positive stress. Right. And if you, like, if you like something and then you get all that extra wave of energy, you can turn that into excitement, um, which is what I did when I started doing a medieval reenactment back in Oklahoma. There was always... There's always that anxiety before going on stage, and I'm like, okay, what is this? It's like, oh, honestly, I'm just really excited because there's a lot of people here, and I get to put on this performance. Um, and so, as I'm as I'm doing this with these fights, I, it it feels almost exactly the same, except instead of you know doing a choreographed fight with steel swords and armor, it's uh, it's a real fight. Um, and uh, and so that that first fight, I felt the limits of my brain, right? Like I, I my my mind and my body were not in sync when I fought with son at all. Um, and then, and then whenever I showed up to, um, the most, the most recent, uh, street peace event, um, my mind and my body were in sync, which is, which is why I call the experiment calibration because it was like, okay, now that, now that I got my mind and my body working simultaneously, what do I need to work on next? Now, now that I got this done, what, what needs to be calibrated? And um, stamina needs to go up. Um, my strategy in, 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 in fighting needs to go up because one of the things I forgot about Kung Fu is that it's, it's about deception. You know? So when, I, when I'm standing with my, with my arms out here, right, and I've got this opening right here at my head and this opening down here at my ribs, the idea is kind of like Sun Tzu, right? Whenever you are whenever you are strong, make yourself look like you're weak. And when you're weak, make yourself look like you're strong. So you're always throwing your opponent off. So if I'm going to have that out and have those open, I have to keep in mind that those are the points that they're going to be going after. So if I'm going to do that, I had better have some sort of a counter immediately ready for whenever they come at that. Because otherwise, well, you, you, you get your, your, ribs, your, your ribs eaten or your face beaten in, right? Cause, cause you've got your, your points open. Um, and then I also learned uh, that um, I need to uh, do that, that old boxing drill, right, where you stand up against the wall with your hands behind your back and you got a buddy with, with their own gloves on and they just kind of just start working on your ribs and working on your abs and you just kind of, you know, keep them flexed while you're breathing in and out to kind of, you know, get yourself used to getting hit in the body, but also to teach your brain how to push through that kind of pain. Because that was the thing. After after I gave up, um, after I handed it over to, to Black Lightning, I sat on the stool. There's a little bit more of intensity on the ribs. And then, it, and then it disappeared. And then I was just like, hey, I could have pushed through that. Like I could have I could have I could have pushed through that if I just focused on taking him down instead of not panicking. Because that was right. definitely what was happening. So yeah, yeah, you can use that. Yeah, like you can you you can put that um, like that natural fight or flight response to use for you instead of like making like, want to like panic or shut down. Like it's about being able to, you know, because like like when you get like that crazy adrenaline spike, you know, like sometimes you can either 
um you know like like the like the time with your little sister or whatever like you just like move and act on instinct and just you can like fly into action or you know you uh wave force yourself to engage more so that's yeah that's really fast yeah dude so we almost we just did like a whole hour oh yeah future look there's one uh you're uh you're kind of breaking up on me i'm getting like bits and pieces of uh what you're saying there okay um so I was just asking uh, what what the future holds for the is that October fifth or is that, that is that one out in California or something? Oh, the uh, the California Street Beefs thing is October 9th. I think they're doing another event on October fifth. Um, but what I what's been made clear to me at this point is I need to. Um, really get back into some of my drills, really get back into some training and really, really get my stamina up and take the time that I need to to train myself to push through uh, that sort of pain. So I'm taking a few months off to to really like settle in into my training, get into more of a routine, find some more sparring partners because right now I've got one guy who has like maybe two hours a month maximum that he can spend uh, helping me out. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. So other, other than that, it's pretty much just me studying on my own. Um, and so that's, yeah. So, so while I do look forward to, to getting back into the octagon, it's, it's one of those things that like, I need to, I need to take some time and get my body up to the standards that I want it to be. So I can actually pull off these things that I've got going on in my head. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, that's definitely a good idea let yourself yeah stamina is a huge thing that like at some i feel like a lot of people tend to because you know even if you do it for a couple minutes and then your guest better you gotta oh you know you, if you like if you can't keep it up for the entire duration of a fight you know, if you get tired, like it starts to get a little sloppy, and yeah, you know, hoping for. But um, well, all right, man. Uh, it was great. Great. Uh, there was a fun. more from you in the future. Maybe you know more of your own videos on your YouTube channel. You seem like you. Yeah, what's uh, what, what's the name of you? You just it's Rising Phoenix. Yeah, uh, so you're you're breaking up again. Um, it's hard to 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 hear what you're saying. So I'll respond to what I heard. Um, it, this has also been a lot of fun. Uh, I'd like to do uh, um, more things like this in the future. Um, but the the YouTube channel that I'm doing is uh, it's called Experiment Rising Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Sermonizing Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome, man. Well, hey, good talk. It was good and stuff. And uh, 
Yep, looking forward to the future. Likewise, man. Thank, Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, up again too. I think maybe like we're getting towards the end of the record. We've or something, but <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you very. Take care. Thank you. You too. Beep.